listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're taking off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge, Figure Out Your Doghouse. We're also testing out some very old school book tech. Wow, wait for that. <laughs> and answering the question, which books do we wish we could read again for the first time? But first, what are you reading, Bria? Um, I'm listening to a book called A Handful of Earth, A Handful of Sky, The World of Octavia Butler. It is a biography of sorts of Octavia Butler by Linnell George. It's read by Adenrele Ojo. And it is, um, you know, I love Octavia Butler. Um, This is so fascinating because it's kind of about, um, so Octavia Butler grew up in Pasadena, California, and she, she had a very strict journaling process and goal setting process. And um, she would like, every day she'd write down her goal, her same goal, the same goal every single morning. And she would write notes. And then she had all these ways of like the way she took in the world. And this whole book is kind of less of a biography and more of a, a look into her creative process, I guess. It's all about how, I mean, she had very little money. It was about how she made a paycheck stretch and she would write down like, okay, here's what I have to buy this week. And like, she has notes for all of this kind of stuff. Um, So it's been really, it's really interesting. The author did a really cool job of like, you know, I have trouble with just a straightforward biography, but because this one is so creative in the way it's written and the way it is um, structured and you really get a look into her, into Octavia Butler's like secret world of creativity I've I've been super enjoying it, um, and it's just been interesting. So all of Octavia Butler's papers are now at the um, Huntington Library. So so this oh, wow. this author used all this to um, access that fascinating little biography. It's not super long, um, and I'm listening to it, which has been really really fun. Um, uh, what are you reading, Molly? I am reading a book that has got a lot of glass or wheelhouse items in it. It is Dead Dead Girls by Nikessa Afia, and all right, it is 1920s mystery queer speakeasy stuff it is so fun it is not a cozy mystery i will say there is some there's some darkness in it so look up the content warnings for it but it takes place in harlem in the 1920s and it's about this young woman and she is trying very hard to ignore the fact that young black girls like herself are starting to go missing in her neighborhood. You know, she really is in a place in her life where she knows she needs to grow up, but she doesn't want to like face the world. She works at the, at this cafe with her girlfriend. She lives in this like all female boarding house. And every night she goes out to the speakeasy and like dances her butt off. And like, all she wants to do is like dance and party and not think about the real world. The only problem is uh, one day she gets to, to her work at this cafe and there is a dead girl on the cafe steps. She can no longer ignore it. She gets interviewed by the cops and through a completely unrelated, weird, random thing, she ends up getting arrested and the cops are like, okay, well, we will not press charges because she ends up punching a cop, which is really cool. (laughs) They're like, we won't press charges, but you have to help us figure out, you can access spaces that we as white cops cannot 
access. We need your help in solving this mystery. And she agrees and she ends up getting like wrapped up in this like really intense mystery. And there's like, you know, this is just like such a, the, the writing is so amazing. And like the setting is so vivid, like 1920s Harlem and the speakeasies. And like, it's just, it's just so fun, even though it's not about a very fun topic. And also it's super queer. It's just a fucking blast. I'm really, really enjoying it. So that's Dead Dead Girls by Nikessa Afia. And mine is A Handful of Earth, A Handful of Sky, The World of Octavia Butler by Linnell George, read by Adenrele Ojo. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We have a scorching hot book tip. Oh, my Ron. God. Okay. Oh, my God. I read this. We got this email, and I was like, this might be one of the buzziest, hottest book tips we've ever gotten. So Rhonda says, hey, ladies, I know we all want to jump into buzzy books at times, but sometimes the whole time on Libby is forever. Mm -hmm. But if purchasing those books isn't in the budget, there's no choice but to wait. One of my 2023 goals is to buy an e-reader. My library actually lends different brands of them out. So I decided to borrow one at a time to see which one I like best. Turns out they have all the newest, buzziest books preloaded already what Whoa. books that my libby holds list is telling me will be one trillion weeks before they're available i feel like i've struck gold this tip won't apply to everyone if your libraries don't lend out e-readers but they definitely should bria please continue to be hilarious so mallory can crack up every episode her <laughs> laugh is so contagious thank you for that Rhonda, and Whoa. thank you for this super hot book tip this I, is so worth asking your library if they do this i know i mean i feel like it would probably be on most of their websites but um definitely worth Taking a look, because that is fascinating and already loaded Ugh. books. It's like, remember, I we, didn't we talk about this like a couple weeks ago when you got an iPod loaded with, uh, what was the, there was like a, ba- remember when you would get, there was a while where you bought a certain iPod and it came preloaded with a band. One band, one album. Oh, you! It was it that U two album yeah, yeah, that yeah, ev- yeah. got sent to everybody, and we were all like, got, "I don't want this." You got it on like it was preloaded on some iPod that you got, but it's like that, but like better. Yeah, but like something you want. <laughs> Sorry, something Bono. you want. Uh, George wrote in and said, um, hi, Bria and Mallory. The other day I was walking to my local library with a book bag full of books to drop off at the little free library. I passed on the way, listening to reading glasses on my headphones. And it struck me what an excellent glasser I was being. This really made me laugh. And I started thinking about the other signs, you know, you're a true glasser. Oh, wow. Okay. I love this. George, is this your stand-up routine? You know you're a glasser. Oh okay, you know you're a glasser when <laughs> you comfort yourself with the thought that Bri and Mallory would be proud of you when you DNF'd a book that you were not enjoying. That's right. We would be proud of you. Uh, your friends don't we understand you. why you say trash baby now. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to avoid book crumbs in the book butt. Oh, good. I'm glad that a little bit of information. <laughs> you have strong opinions about bookmarks. <laughs> Who doesn't? And your local librarian knows your name. Wow. Should we put this on a shirt? I mean, this is a really funny <laughs> list. Uh, so I love the podcast and really helped me get my reading groove back. Thank you so much, George. Wow. I feel like I we have to make a print of that. I'm going to at least put it on the Instagram. That's very funny. Oh, love it. Allie wrote in with a wheelhouse and Allie says, uh, hi, Mallory and Bria. I've been a fan of the show for a while and this is my first time writing in. I wanted to thank you both for the slice of joy you bring me every week. I love the very serious discussions concerning all important reading positions, snacks and bookmark thickness. I took your episode on asking other people about their reading habits to heart. And I'm so happy to report that I've begun hosting my very own book club. Wow. 
It turns out many of my friends are also readers. Our fourth meeting is coming up and we'll be creating our reader wheelhouses. The pick this time was Anatomy, a Love Story by Dana Schwartz, and I am loving it so far. Speaking of reader wheelhouses, mine includes tournaments slash competitions, ancient civilizations, underwater worlds, archaeological discoveries, women strong enough to crush <laughs> my head like a grape. Yes. And most recently, sexy priests. Oh my God, this is... Such a fun wheelhouse. Allie says, thanks so much for all the laughs and never-ending book recommendations. Oh, my God. This is amazing. And Allie, congratulations on your book club. That's so cool. Very cool. And I love that you chose an anatomy, a love story. Great book. Fantastic book to start with. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And quick bookmark to remind people, we're in March now. This is... The, we're midway through March here, and the Maximum Fun Drive is coming up. It's coming up on the March 20th. So if you have been, maybe you started listening to the show recently, and you're like, wow, I really want to support these two women who work really hard to make jokes about snacks and uh, slide whistles and try to improve everyone's reading lives, now is the time. March 20th, there's going to be something really special dropping on that day. So look into your feed, and if you were already a member, you can look into your your BOCO feed because it will be there on the first day of the drive for you as a thank you from us. But we're going to be doing tons of fun stuff. So uh, keep it, keep an eye out. And uh, now is again, the best time of the year support us. You know, podcasts are really the only media that people still mostly listen to without paying for it. Yeah. So if you are like, wow, I pay for my books, I pay for my movies, I should pay for my podcast. I should help these two women and Sean and birthday of the dog make this show Get ready, March 20th, this first day of the drive. So before we talk about reader doghouses, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Trade Coffee. Hey, you love drinking coffee every morning? Who doesn't? You have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it effortless to brew your very best personalized coffee at home. Trade empowers coffee lovers to discover better coffee and it's delivered fresh to your door. No more going to the grocery store. You wake up, you're like, oh no. You don't have to go buy it at a, at a coffee shop. You don't have to go to a store. It's delivered right to your door. Trade Coffee is a subscription service that makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. And we do mean your. This is a personalized cup of coffee. It will, they will help you pick out the best coffee for you. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you the best quality coffee you can get, all handpicked by their coffee experts. They'll send it fresh to your home on your preferred schedule. You know, there's nothing better than a cup of coffee in the morning. There's nothing better than the smell, waking up, having that nice cup of coffee. Wouldn't it be great if someone took care of that for you? Trade is going to send that right to your door, and you can figure out what you want. You take a little quiz. You're like, oh, this is the kind of coffee I want. If you you want a different kind of coffee, you can switch it up. It's way better. Look, you're getting everything sent to your house. You're getting your toothpaste. You're getting toilet paper. Everything is sent to your house. Why not make it easy? You know you want coffee. You're never not going to want coffee. Go with Trade. So upgrade your morning routine with better coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our viewers a free bag of coffee with any subscription at drinktrade.com slash glasses. That's right. It's a free bag of coffee. That's drinktrade.com com slash glasses for a free bag of coffee with any subscription purchase. Drinktrade.com slash glasses. Oh, 
I hope they've got the bread bowl. Have you seen the bread bowl at this place? Mm -hmm. Good evening. Welcome to Maximum Fun. Have you been here before? It's her first time. Very good. Might I recommend our special? Oh, please. Can I interest you in the Max Fun Drive? I'm told they're cooking up something quite extraordinary this year. I've heard about this. With limited time thank you gifts for new and upgrading members? That's right. <laughs> we'll take it. How would you like your episodes? Uh, can I get them excellent with new Boko on the side? Mm -hmm. Oh, are there live stream events? Absolutely. You know, if you're interested in events, Meetup Day is returning. What? Oh, you're gonna love Meetup Day. It's the best. Okay, let me make sure I have everything. Max Fun Drive 2023 with limited time thank you gifts, live stream events, Meetup Day, excellent episodes, and of course, new bonus content. Sounds perfect. Great. We'll get it started and it'll be ready in two weeks, March 20th. Oh, can we also get a couple of waters? Of course. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge, Figure Out Your Reader Doghouse. What is a doghouse, and how does figuring it out help your reading life? And what are our doghouses? So first off, for new glassers, let's define what a doghouse is. This is a term that actually came from a glasser email, and it really stuck. Yeah, it, it stuck did. basically immediately. It did. It really did. Thank you, glasser. <laughs> Uh, so your reader doghouse is the opposite of your wheelhouse. It is anything, whether that is a trope, a subject, an author, etc., that makes you not want to pick up a book or makes you put down a book that you are reading. Yeah. And, you know, we put this challenge on, uh, we put this on the challenge this year because knowing the stuff that will turn you off of a book can be really helpful, just as knowing what's going to make you pick up a book, right? So avoiding buying or getting uh, books from the library that will be duds for you can just save you a lot of time, a lot of money, and frustration. You aren't going to be reading them thinking, I got to make my way through this. If you know already, this is not a book you're not going to like because there's nothing worse than getting a mm -hmm. book, sitting down with it and realizing you don't like this book. It's a, it's a very, very disappointing yep. evening you have in store for you. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you figure out your doghouse? So the easiest way is to think over the books that you have either DNF'd, which is do not finish, or did not finish, or really disliked over the past year. What about those books made them not for you? Was it types of characters? Was it tropes? Was it the language? See, this is why knowing your doorways and your wheelhouse can be helpful because it encourages you to really think about why you like or don't like a book. Yeah, and how do you avoid those doghouses? I mean, if, if you figure out your doghouse and you realize there are things that you hate, they may trigger you in some way, it's a good idea to check out sites like Goodreads or Storygraph to check out more detailed reviews and content warnings for a book before you read it. Also, you know, um, if it's something like language or something and you read an author's book and you're like, oh, I don't like the way this person writes, you can always not pick up a book by that author again. So just being aware yep. that like maybe language and this particular author writes like this or something like that is one of the things that you don't like. Um, you can also look at a summary on a bookstore, a publisher's website, um, just to see what it's about because maybe it's going to have some sort of subject that you don't like. So what are our doghouses? Bria, what is what, what is in your doghouse right now? Well, so I usually start with the books where the dog dies. Yet, yet, I have found I have read a number of books where the dog dies recently and I have not put it down. I've kept reading. So I don't know what that means. I mean, I guess it just means things change. Right now, I would say my brain is tending towards lighter reading. 
So anything that feels too complicated, I, when I was talking about language a second ago, I was talking about me. Uh, I feel like if something is too complicated and isn't laid out in a way that's easy for me to understand, it's probably going to go in the doghouse right now. It's sort of a language preference, a writing style, but it's also a little bit like, if if it's just something that I'm just like, ah, I just I don't care about this world. So there was a book that I started reading and it seemed like it would be for me. It was like sci-fi. It was like sci-fi, but like our world, but slightly different. But I just like didn't care about the world they were building. And I was like, okay, I don't care about this. So it was part language. It was part world. So there's that. I would say language. I think also I tend to like unlikable characters. Like if a character is unlikable, I'm into it. But I don't like judgmental characters so if someone's like super judgmental I sort of like I don't I don't want to read this like I don't like it in my life I don't like it in my books like they can be a murderer but they can't be judgmental what does that say about me I don't know (laughs) like (laughs) you could be a murderer as long as you're really cool about it (laughs) as long as you aren't like uh judging what someone's wearing (laughs) um And the other big thing I would say is self-help books with too much religion. I've run into that recently. There was in a couple books I picked up and I was like, okay, interesting. I like this. This is great. And then it gets a little religious and I'm like, oh no. Um, or uh, self-help books that are a little like, they seem like they're just living a better, they aren't down to earth. Like I like this, the books that are like, hey, mm-hmm. look, we're all struggling. Maybe today you slept on a pile of laundry instead of getting into your bed. Like, then I'm like, great, this is the book for me. It's when things are like a little like, and my life is perfect now. I'm like, no, it's not. Get out of here. Like, I don't, I just like don't buy it. <laughs> you liar. So like <laughs> self-help books when it's like you're holier than thou and also holier than thou. <laughs> so religious, but also like when the person feels like they're talking down to me, I guess is what I don't like. What about you? Yeah. What do you have in your doghouse? So I I realized that I really like the term doghouse because it implies that things can be released from it. Oh, sure. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you think, think about a so doghouse, it's like, oh, yeah, there's like, that's where the dog goes when it's bad. <laughs> but it can come out once it gets better. Well, it's like a term you people say about husbands, right? Like, oh, he's really in the doghouse oh, sure, right sure, now. Sure, sure, yes. Uh-huh. But then he comes out once well, he buys I, and you I like that. flowers and a... I don't know what husbands do, but buys you a bunch of flowers and then he's out of the doghouse. You should know you have a husband. (laughs) That's true. But I don't believe in putting a human in a (laughs) doghouse. Ever. Oh, I just like the idea because I think sometimes like we can, we as readers can get really caught up in like the, oh my God, I don't like this. And like, I'll never be able to read these books again. But we all know that's not true. And it's like, I really encourage people to think like, you know what? I can't, I'm not into this right now. Maybe I will be into this in a few months or next year. And it's totally okay for me to just not feel like reading this Mm -hmm. right now. Um, And I've been really embracing that. Um, I mean, that being said, there are definite things that are permanent residents of my doghouse. (laughs) My doghouse is full of snakes. We all know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the snakes go in the doghouse. God, it's horrifying. Uh, I have a horrifying image. I have a lifelong. uh, Well, I mean, yeah. But to me, any any image of a snake is a. is horrifying. Uh, I just, I have a lifelong intense phobia of snakes and I avoid any books that obviously feature them. Um, I will normally not put down a book unless it's really intense. Like every once in a while, there'll be a really awful snake scene in a book. Uh, there's one in Lonesome Dove, the book which I love. There's one in uh, Horns by Joe Hill, another book that I love. But like, um, if a book is, there's a book that you really liked last year or the year before and it was like about snake handlers oh, or I something. I loved it. It was so great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother because I'm just going to want to crawl out of my own skin. Um, and, you know, love triangles will probably always be in there because they stress me out. Um, but every once in a while, I notice that I'm DNFing or avoiding books with a particular subject. And it's time to stick that into the doghouse for a while. Uh, right now, there's actually two of them. Uh, the first one is stressed out mom books. Oh, yeah. I think it's I because yeah. so many of them have come out over the past few years. And they make me so frustrated and stressed out for the moms. I just want them to get some help. Mm. I, like, want to jump in the book and be like, hey, you need a babysitter? You need a night out? You need a nap. Like, there's just so many of them, and it makes me stressed out. I think a lot of my a lot of my doghouse things are things that make me vicariously stressed or upset. And sexual assault is another one mm. that's doing it for me. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a really big buzzy book that uh, won a very major award last year, and I got it from the library, and I was so excited to read it. And like, right off the bat, it started with an assault, and I was like, you know what? I'm just not not in the space for this right now. Yeah, I, I feel you like know, actually I'm, I'm a little in the same little the same way where I'm just like I I just I just can't at this moment. And I recognize that it's important. It's something that happens all the time, but as a lady myself, like I just don't feel like reading about it. Um and uh yeah, I so I, I it, it honestly and it's been really helpful for me because they'll like I'll pick up a book and it'll it'll say that it has one of these things and I'm like, "You know what?" Not for right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it really does help me uh, buy, bypass books and, and get to them later and just not have to worry about them them right now. Again, this is all doesn't have to be permanent. You know, you can some maybe sometime you're like, I'm in the mood and I'm ready to tackle a, a hard subject or a hard read or whatever it is. But you don't always have to. You can stick things in the doghouse. They'll be fine in there with all my snakes. Snakes having love triangles with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it would be a... Oh, it would be a love. It'd be more like a love circle. Ouroboros. Oh, oh! I was just thinking snakes are like round, you know. So it'd be like a love circle. <laughs> like snakes big... are round. And they're like, you know, and they're like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, more like a snake, a snake tangle. You know, a whole bunch of snakes all <gasps> oh. in the same thing. Are you familiar with this thing called um? I can't remember. But there's certain kinds of sea slugs that like. All first of all, they they all have sex with each other. I think that's like they have no, they have both sex sex organs. They have they have all they can all have sex with each other. There's no no male female within this sea slug sea slug world, and they basically all get together and they form a giant ball. It's like a giant slug fuck ball, and they just and it's like you can see them in nature. They're Hold on, I just giant- need, I just I I just need you to repeat those words again, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One time I went a to an giant I went to a slug fuck ball. Listen, one time I went to a is, is this the first time the words fucking ball have ever been put together? No, because I went to a, a like a talk about sea slugs for some reason. Like I there was this like local place that would do all these strange talks from people. And um they did this thing on sea slugs. Was it Nerd Night in LA? That's not what I was I can't it was at a place called I can't remember what it was called. The Machine Project or something? Anyway, but um, I could walk there, and so I'd go down and, like, listen to these, like, um, these talks about things. And they they had, they talked about sea slugs, and they were like, here's something. It was about, like, how, like, they're really affected by climate change and, like, whatever. But but then they talked about this fuckball, this sea slug fuckball. I'm telling you it's real. Sea slug fuckball. I don't think that's the technical term for it. <laughs> um... But think, folks, every time you don't recycle, you are damaging wow. a big fuckball when full I, of slugs. When I, when I Googled it, it talked about, I guess, one, I guess they can detach and regrow their penis. 
That's the other thing that's important about wow. sea slugs. Have, I will like, say that's ships. not in my doghouse. Okay, that would not stress me but out. I will happily read about sea a, slugs. I was thinking of a snake. A snake fuck ball would not be something you'd be interested in. Oh, that would be. I actually think that's how some snakes reproduce. But that would be. Yeah, that's my my nightmare. Is like my worst ever book would be a book up where snakes are the protagonists, <laughs> and two three of them are in a love triangle. And they, one snake can't decide between the other two snakes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That Honestly, is like my word. That is to me is hell. It doesn't sound like a good book. <laughs> it it probably good. exists somewhere. Yeah, sure. No one get any ideas, please. Anyway, you can send your thoughts on your own doghouse and maybe uh, sea slug reproduction to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some very old school book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Dipsy. Wow, Dipsy stories. Y'all know we love them. What's your love language? Is it physical touch? How about time together with your partner? That's actually mine. Mine is time, spending time. People get turned on in all sorts of ways, and Dipsy has invented a whole new love language with sexy stories for whatever mood you're in. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. Ooh, baby, you know you want it. Radically inclusive, Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of the stories are voice acted by people of color. Y'all know we love Dipsy. We love that it has something for everyone. Hey, if you're bi, if you're pan, guess what? They got all sorts of stuff on there. You can listen to something about your hot yoga instructor, that that person from high school you always wanted to hook up with. All these people are on there. They're waiting for you to listen to sexy stories about them. So for listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. Dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. Where am I? On Maximum Fun. What do you want? A podcast miniseries about The Prisoner. Whose side are you on? That would be telling, but okay, I'm on my own side. It's one of my favorite ever TV shows. We want a podcast on it. A Prisoner podcast. You won't get it. By hook or by crook, we will. Who are you? I'm Elliot Kalin. Who is number one? Jesse Thorne. But you are John Hodgman. I am not a Prisoner podcaster. I am a free man. <laughs> oh, are you okay? Elliot, are you all right? Okay, I'll watch it. All four episodes of The Potting You are out now. Time to test out some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week's book tech was sent to us by a glasser who said, I love y'all. I would love to know what it is like to carry a book as though I'm Anne of Green Gables. So this was the one to pick. And it's basically like, um, uh, uh, what's this glasser's name? We don't know. We don't know that glasser's name. All we know is that this glasser wants to carry books as though they are Anne of Green Gables. Okay, so it's this long leather belt 
that is meant, you wrap it around, y'all can picture this, okay? It's like you wrap it around a bunch of books. You're in the 1930s. Yeah, yeah. First of all, you're in the 1930s. You probably have pigtails and they're in braids. You probably are wearing a long dress. And, but we're like, like, in gingham. In gingham, but like shoes that are designed to like withstand the winter. Um, and you have your book in a long, your book's in a long leather strap, and you carry, you attach the leather strap around the books, and then you carry it as if it's like a leash for the books. It is like a, like a book leash. That is a good way to describe it. Yeah. It's like what kids in the 1930s used to carry their books to, to a one room schoolhouse. But why were they not carrying them in their arms? You know, we're going to get into okay, that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so, Priya, maybe they what did you think? <laughs> Wait, what? Maybe they, like, had too much to carry. You know, they're carrying, like, their their bottle of milk and, like, uh, like an old <laughs> hunk of bread. And so they had to, like, you know, this strap is, like, attached to their body or something. I don't know what they carried in the 1930s. <laughs> old... Old moldy thing of cheese. I'm not sure. <laughs> Just a sack of potatoes and a glass <laughs> bottle of milk. <laughs> what? Like a little, uh, <laughs> what do you call those? Like a handkerchief full of, you open it up. And... <laughs> like like a, like one of those things where it's a, a handkerchief tied around a stick. stick. Yeah. yeah, 1930s. <laughs> Oh my god! Like they had like cars and stuff back then. <laughs> it was during the Great Depression. Uh, oh my god, I'm crying. Uh, so, Bria, from the outset, I'm guessing that you don't think too highly of the brown leather leather book carrying okay, belt. I have to tell you, I'm an intelligent woman. Okay, that's where I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm a smart lady. I figured out how to do a lot of things in my life. I have a lot of trouble getting this around the books, figuring out like what to do. Like it felt like, here's what it was, is that yes, would it be cool to carry around a book leash with some books like a 1930s and of Green Gables? Of course. But the amount of time it's gonna take to put the leash on the books felt to me, I had a lot of trouble and I was like, God, I'll just carry them. I mean, like that just felt like more trouble than it was worth, you know? Like the prep of it, because you have to unbuckle the buckle. It's like you're putting on a belt on on books, but it's like books don't want to be carried that way. They're loose, they're gangly, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're not it's not it didn't feel convenient. Um and I'm really pro convenience in every way, you know? Uh So I think I think yes, I didn't I didn't love it. I couldn't see the use of it except if you do want to feel like Anne of Green Gables and that's like your goal, then honestly, this is the way to go. This was like, if this is your goal, like, I feel like this glass are like, yes, this is a great goal and you achieve, you can achieve it with this item. But um, for me, felt a little like strange. And I was also like, I'm short. So these books would just be dragging on the ground. Like th- it's quite long, this, this leash. It's a big leash. It's a big, big belt. If you're looking sure. at me like you didn't have the same problem. Did you get these books in and out of the leash with ease? <sighs> I don't know if ease is the right word for it, but I, d- I did figure it out. And my conclusion on the book leash is that I think this is a great item to have if you were a cosplayer or uh, you were doing a bookish photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's not much this strap does that a tote bag doesn't do better. It's yeah. like... 
like that musical, like that, I don't know if it's a musical or movie where like it's a tote bag and a book leash and the tote bag is like, <laughs> anything you could do, I could do better. Yeah, yeah. Like I showed my boy, like I got a stack of books in there and I strapped them in and I tightened it and I like brought it into my boyfriend's office and he was, and I was like, hey, look. And he was like, why don't you just carry them? Yeah. Like why bother? And he's right. You were both right. Like the only real practical use that I can see for this is if you are packing some books into a larger box or bag or suitcase or something, and you don't want the stack like flying all over the place and it's too big of a stack for like an elastic band or something, you know, this would definitely, once I finally like finagled it and like tightened it, it definitely holds them together. And, you know, and I see the schoolyard use for it. Cause if you were carrying a massive stack of wicked heavy textbooks around and they're like sliding all over the place, like I could see where you'd want to take the extra minute to like strap them in with this belt. But for the modern world for most everyday outside school and cosplay uses, I think even Anne of Green Gables would rather have used a tote bag. I think if we could go into that book and be like, hey, Anne, check this out. She'd be like, oh, shit, that's so great. Mm -hmm. So much better. Please leave that with me, future traveler. It, I, I just think it's pretty rare any of us are carrying around more than one or two books anyway. You know what I mean? Like how many of us outside of school and outside of like coming home from the library are like skipping, just skipping down the street with like, a stack of five books like not that doesn't ha happen very often am i misunderstanding the use of it because it has that long strap are you how does that strap part work i think you could like drape it over your shoulder oh. and like carry it like, like some people like carry a jacket strap, like it would just drag along the ground yeah, I don't think you're meant to drag it like a like a reluctant dog, yeah. um, because <laughs> um, that would destroy the books. But you could like, you know, drape it over your shoulder, I guess, so the books are like dangling okay. behind you okay. over your head, over your back. Yeah. Listen, it's a cool prop for sure. You're not wrong. It looks cool. It's, it's, for me, it gets some points for aesthetic because there's definitely a moment where you strap those books in and you look at it and you're like, oh, wow, I am Anne. I, I'm Anne of Book Gables. Look at me. And it's cute and you want it like it's great for Instagram. Like you could take a cute Instagram photo for this. So it's some points for aesthetic, but this gets a two out of five pages for me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm going to say the same. But now that you say that, I'm going to try to take a cute photo for Instagram with it. Just for, there you go. Just for funds. Yes. So if you are cosplaying or you are someone, if you're a bookstagrammer and you're always looking for like props and stuff for like cute photos, this would be worth getting. But for, uh, for practical uses, the tote bag wins in every, every part of, part of the, this race. Sure. There's no, there's nothing that this, this thing can do that a tote bag can't do better. Uh, so thank you to the glasser who sent this and hopefully you are living out your, your, bookish Anne of Green Gables uh, fantasies over wherever you are. You can send your book tech ideas to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or check out our wish list in the show notes for uh, more weird things that you can send us that we will test out. Now let's answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Kathy writes in, Hello, wonderful ladies. I am a library assistant in the children's room at my local library in Methuen, Mass. Holy shit. That's wicked close to where I grew up. You're from Methuen. Oh my God. Uh, and twice your recommendations have got me in trouble at work. Let me explain. The week before Thanksgiving, it was quiet in the library. So I decided to finally read Saga since Bria has recommended it so many times. Hot library tip. Hide graphic novels in the latest issue of Publishers Weekly. <laughs> anyway, 
away. The week was going great. I was cruising through the series when I got to the shocking end of volume nine. Mm. No spoilers, but I burst into tears at the desk and had to excuse myself. When I told my boss why I had to leave, she laughed, hugged me and said, so would you recommend the series? Uh, Fat. Fast forward to the week after Christmas, and I decide to play it safe and read The Nest oh as recommended by Mallory. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This book is so scary. To be fair, I warn people how scary this book is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it's middle grade. This is a very scary book. Uh, Kathy says, this led to a discussion about making better book suggestions, and then I now had a book in my Swiss Army recommendations for those kids who want the scariest book in the children's room. I added a picture of the display I made of books your podcast has recommended for middle readers and to my 2023 to-read list. I'm not going to ask for a recommendation because, as you can see, 60% of this list is from your podcast. But I do have a question for you both. What book or short story do you wish you could get book amnesia about so you can discover all over again? Thank you so much for this podcast. I discovered it in June of 2022 and binged it in six months to get caught up. It has helped my job so much. I have a fourth to sixth grade book group and I've taught them all about wheelhouses, doghouses, all the different ways they can track their reading and that it's okay to dump a book. Oh my God. I love this email and I love this question. Bria, what do you think? I had a lot of trouble with this. I was like, what would I like to get book amnesia and reread? And I, I decided it'd be fun to rediscover a writer's work again. Like, I'm like, this person exists? You know, when you discover someone, you're like, oh, my God, I yeah. love their work. So I went with Rachel Harrison because I love her work. Um, and if, oh, I, that's a great if I didn't know about it and I got to find it and I got to read it all over again, that would be really exciting. So, like, that, I, I, that's what I started thinking about instead of, like, a specific book. Like, an author who I'm like, oh, I can't believe books like this exist. This is like genre literary fiction in a way that I really appreciate with these like cool female protagonists. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. What what book would you like to get book amnesia about? I also had a tough time with this. Yeah. I had to sit there for like a half an hour and be like, oh my God. If I I almost went with Priest Daddy, yeah. but but then it would take away all the times I recommended Priest Daddy yeah. on the show and uh <laughs> don't want to do that. It's amnesia for you, not the show. I know, I know. Uh, but I, I decided I'm going to go with either Dig or Please Ignore Veradites by A.S. King. Um, A.S. King is one of my favorite authors now. And I just the experience of reading these books for the first time was so magical for me. I was just so blown away. They really almost single handedly made me love YA and showed me what the genre could be. Uh, they just floored me. They're so strange and brilliant. And you just never really know what's happening next. And the experience of reading them was just so great. And now Ace King is, she's one of my favorite authors. I own her entire bibliography. Every single book she comes out, I immediately pre-order. Um, but the first time there, she's such a great writer and the, the work that she does is so, so strange. And the first time you are seeing it is so wonderful that, yeah, that that's what I would have to pick. I can't decide between Dig or Please Ignore Veridites. Those are my two favorites of hers. Um, but yeah, A.S. King for sure. Uh, I love this and I encourage listeners to try to pick your what book would you get book amnesia for so you could read again for the first time so if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your reader question you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com as always want to thank the wonderful mods who are on our Facebook group and I think just Chrissy who moderates our Goodreads page we have heard from neither so we don't know what's going on over in Goodreads land but please again we're flooring you send let us know what is going on over there um and remember you can buy all kinds of cool reading glasses stuff totes and shirts and stickers over at our void merch store you can look sexy and bookish at the same time uh and support us and help us feed our cats birthday the dog 
birthday, get special food. She likes to eat it. It's very nice <laughs> for you does. to help her. She does. <laughs> Allergy food. Allergy <laughs> food for dogs oh. with allergies. Help out birthday by checking out our check out our merch. It's a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and want to do something that really helps us out a lot and is totally free and will take you less than a minute, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. You got to do it in the app from your phone. It is really great for us and it helps us reach more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.